0: On today's St. Patrick's Day edition of the Cigar Dave Show, here are the top three items we shall get to. Number one, massive stupidity on display. Number two, the Camacho Factory Unleashed 2 has been announced. And number three, Bidenflation results in chipflation. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Gurkha. The world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant, the five country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos, will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver, offered in both Corojo and Maduro presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit Gurkhasigars.com and buy Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo heritage, crafted through centuries of tradition, AVO Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden AVO Heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com.
1: This is The Cigar Dave Show with The General.
0: St. Patrick's Day 2022... Wherever you may be today, Aaron go brow, Aaron go puff, Aaron go sip. We will enjoy a St. Patrick's Day themed cigar and, of course, some Irish whiskey. Hard to believe we are talking about St. Patrick's Day. We are talking about March Madness. We're talking about the 2022 NFL season, free agency underway. My Buffalo Bills, a humongous pickup. Were we just talking about champagne and sparkling wine tasting maneuvers like yesterday? Hard to believe that uh, we're now two and a half months into 2022. Time is a-flying. As always, it is Cigar Dave, your global five-star general alpha male-in-chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha. And I extend to you a long-ash greetings and salutation, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delectatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the FUDA. And screw Vladimir Putin in Soviet Union. As always, I have in front of me all my accoutrements. I cannot wait to get my chompers on the Alec Bradley filthy hooligan that I will enjoy today and I've got some Tula more due. so we are set for alpha male conversational pleasure maneuvers I have always stated stupidity runs rampant half the world is stupid I've always said it makes no difference on your your education level it makes no difference on your income level your economic status makes no, I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal makes no, well, liberals and Dems, they definitely are higher than the 50% percentage is being stupid. However, at least half the world is stupid. You know it. You witness it. Now, we as alphas don't fall into that category. Why? Because we have common sense. We use our brains, we are informed, we are educated. We don't partake in raw, unadulterated stupidity. Case in point, there is an investor by the name of Peter Schiff. He is uh, on his Twitter bio. It states he is the chief economist and global strategist for Europac.com, chairman of Schiff Gold owner and founder of EPAC Funds and host of Schiff Radio. I don't believe he is related to Shifty Schiff, Adam Schiff, but this guy is just as stupid. And let me give you Exhibit 1A. As you know, Ukraine is under attack, fighting for its life. President Vladimir Zelensky addressed Congress on... Well, yesterday, today's Thursday, St. Patrick's Day, that was yesterday. I watched the entire speech, very moving, very powerful. Now, I understand there are people that are saying, the United States shouldn't get involved, we don't want to create World War III. I understand that, and, and I agree with that. We should not have American forces on the ground there. The Ukrainians are more than happy to fight for the freedom of their country, and they are doing so. They're taking massive casualties. When you look at the bombing out, of what Putin, that son of a bitch, has done with blatant mortars and blatant missiles attacking just uh, apartment buildings and hospitals. It is unconscionable. He has, he is guilty of crimes against humanity. He should be tried in front of the world court, found guilty, and executed. I am hoping that one of his inner circle, people that have more common sense, that aren't as stupid as Putin come to their senses and say, we got to get rid of this guy. He is destroying our economy, destroying this country. And there's no question in my mind, if you ask people in the Soviet Union, and let's face it, under Putin, it is the Soviet Union. The Russian people do not want to live under this. They don't want to live under, under totalitarian rule. They are living under a Soviet regime under Putin. No ifs, ands, or buts. It is interesting that he has jailed, or has, I shouldn't say jailed, he is holding under house arrest the head of the equivalent of the CIA, which is the FSB, and the assistant director of the FSB, saying that their information they provided on Ukraine was incorrect. Putin thought he'd go in in two days. Bing, bang, boom, the Ukrainians would roll over. Wrong. So somebody's got to take the blame. Can't be Putin. Even though when you saw Putin speaking to his cabinet, again, all these people were at these, these tables far away from him. Putin is sitting there very removed. And the head of the, I think it was the FSB or their equivalent of the of the of uh, the CIA, said, look, maybe we should continue diplomacy. They didn't want to go to war think any of these generals wanted to go to war? I assure you, they were pushed into it because of Putin. Maybe heads with more common sense will prevail and take Putin out. That is what needs to be done. So the Ukrainians are fighting. Their spirit is that of, similar to the United States, I think during World War II when we were attacked at Pearl Harbor. And we joined forces and said, this is for freedom. So they have been willing to fight for their country. This isn't like other countries where they say, oh, United States, please come in, do our fighting. No. What they're saying is, help us. Give us the tools we need. We will do the fighting. We have given them javelin missiles. We've given them other missiles. Poland would like to give them MiGs, MiG fighter jets. There's only one person that's holding it up, and that is... Brainless, slow Joe Biden. He doesn't want us to get involved. He's afraid of Putin. Oh, this could develop into something bigger. I'm sorry. Since when do we roll over as the world superpower, as the United States? I remember when Kim Jong-un was talking about nuclear weapons and he said he had a red button. And President Trump said, well, I've got a red button too, and mine's a hell of a lot bigger. I have never seen an American commander-in-chief roll over assume the fetal position hide in a corner when a foreign leader in this case vladimir putin says you better stay away or we're going to we're going to get we're going to get very mean and we're going to do we're we're going to we're going to threaten you the day the second that vladimir putin raised their nuclear threat level we should have gone from defcon 4 to defcon 3 That would have been a big statement saying, fine, you want to up it, so will we. Don't fuck with us. Do not screw with the United States of America. Do you think Donald Trump for one millisecond would have allowed Putin to screw with him? No chance. No chance in hell. So Ukrainian President Zelensky speaks to Congress. They were assembled at a new auditorium. Uh, I think it's near the cap- between the Capitol and I want to say it's one of the monuments, I think a relatively new visitor center. They got everybody in there. They had the electronic capability uh, to do it uh, via teleconference. Zelensky was great. Excellent speech, very concise, very clear. You can tell looking at him, he's not living in the lap of luxury right now. You can tell that the war is certainly grating on him. Looks like he hasn't slept much. He was in his military green T-shirt. He has not shaved. He's got a beard. Makes sense. Very plain background. There's the Ukrainian flag. That's it. Who knows where he was? Was this? he? Probably not. Probably in a classified location in Ukraine. Why? Because Putin and the Soviets are targeting. Three assassination attempts thus far, all unsuccessful. So he delivers an excellent speech with a very powerful moving video. And When I saw the video you don't realize the destruction until you see it for your eyes. And when you see what Putin has done, just basic, unadulterated bombing no matter who he hits, apartment buildings, hospitals, unconscionable, there is no difference between Vladimir Putin today and Adolf Hitler. There is none. They're both targeting Innocence. Now you could say, well, Hitler uh, is responsible for 10, 11, 12 million deaths. You're correct. Putin is just as evil. So when you see the president of Ukraine delivering this speech, he's not living in the lap of luxury. He's not delivering it from the Ritz-Carlton in Kiev. He's not delivering it from the Four Seasons in Ukraine. I don't even know if they have a Rittura A4 Seasons. I doubt it. This man is leading his country in war. He's not sitting in an ivory tower. When Slow Joe Brainless Biden said, look, we'll get you out, he said, no, I don't need a ride. I need weapons. I mean, Kamala Harris, hey, we'll get you out. He said, listen, I don't need a BJ. I need weapons, because we know, let's face it, Kamala Harris, we know how she got to the top on her knees. That's fact. See Willie Brown, the former Speaker of the California House. This man is in the middle of war, galvanizing his country. He has the world's respect, and he delivered a very powerful speech. Well, as I said, there's always somebody that is incredibly stupid. Peter Schiff, this man who's an uh, economist and owns some gold funds and other uh, investment funds, sends out the following tweet. And by the way, he has got 672,000 followers. So clearly this man has a following. And this is what he said in his tweet. March 16th, 2022, yesterday, 9, 10 a.m. I understand times are hard, but doesn't the pre- president of Ukraine own a suit? I don't have much respect for current members of the U.S. Congress either, but I still wouldn't address them wearing a T-shirt. I wouldn't want to disrespect the institution of the United States. What did I tell you? Half the world is stupid. makes no difference whether you are worth $1,000, $100 million, or $100 billion. And I would assume this gentleman is worth easily into the seven to eight figures. How do I... Think I know this? Well, Mr. Schiff doesn't live in the United States, per se. He lives in Puerto Rico. Now, why would somebody who is American decide, very wealthy, live to move to Puerto Rico? I mean, wouldn't it make sense? Look, you could be American. You want to go to Puerto Rico on vacation, fine. But you could live in Florida if you like the nice warm weather. Miami, Tampa are available. California, although taxes are high there, there's Texas. I'll tell you exactly why he moved to Puerto Rico. Because there is a very unique tax loophole. Puerto Rico is a tax haven. Puerto Rico enacted tax laws 10 years ago, 2012, to incentivize wealthy Americans and businesses to relocate to Puerto Rico, invest in the island. They have several laws. Two tax laws, Act 20 and 22 in a nutshell, without going into long details, if you move to Puerto Rico and you pass a criminal background check and you donate $5,000 to a local charity every year and you file the right paperwork, which costs ten dollars to $15,000, you and by the way, you must stay in Puerto Rico, be an official resident at least 187 days a year, so six months and a day, and you must, according to IRS purposes, show that you, that's your normal, where you primarily reside. You have a doctor, you get your mail there, you belong to a church or a synagogue, you, you partake in social activities, that is the test. You become a Puerto Rican citizen. You're still American. Remember, Puerto Rico is still part of the United States. It's an American territory, American possession slightly different tax laws and if you do all those things you pay zero percent tax let me repeat that zero percent tax why do you think all the cryptocurrency tycoons and many wealthy investment fund founders and owners have moved to Puerto Rico There are thousands. I think there are three, four thousand that have moved. I know one personally that has done that. I couldn't figure out. I'm like, why would you, you're from the Northeast. Why would you, you know, I get that you want to, you know, have a, a vacation, but why Puerto Rico? And then it dawned on me exactly why he wanted to, because he's probably saving this particular gentleman, maybe $5 million a year in taxes. I'd venture to say could be a little bit more. So Peter Schiff leaves the United States, but this guy, has the audacity to go after President Zelensky, saying he should show more respect because he didn't wear a suit and tie? You have got to be kidding. Why didn't... Maybe Zelensky should have shown up in a tuxedo. That would have been probably better. Yeah, he should have gone, I'm sure, in Kiev today. No problem going to any tuxedo rental joint if he doesn't own one. Please. Stupidity runs rampant. It makes no difference, your political persuasion. Well, to a degree it does. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, your education level. Stupid is rampant. I see it all the time. I cannot tell you the number of people who are highly educated, who are highly affluent, but are incredibly stupid. And you look at them and say, how in the hell did these people achieve their modicum of success? How? Despite their stupidity, it ceases to amaze me. And of course, Peter Schiff was roasted on Twitter, rightfully so. Absolutely roasted, as he should be. You're in the middle of a war. Suit and tie? I'm sorry. He's authentic, he's in the middle of a war. He's spoken to the British Parliament. He's spoken to the Canadian Parliament, other, other uh, legislative bodies across the world. The man is fighting for the survival of his people and his country. And Peter Schiff wants him to go wear a suit and tie. What do you think? He's going to go to men's warehouse to pick up a suit and tie? What was the old slogan? You're going to love the way you look. I got news for you. The world loves the way President Zelensky looks now because he's fighting. He's not sitting in an ivory tower. He's not sitting in a palace. He's not in exile in some cushy country. He's in the middle of the shit. There's a giant shitstorm going on in Ukraine, and he is front and center. Again, stupidity runs rampant. And I have another example of it. Tulsi Gabbard, the former congresswoman from Hawaii, who is also a lieutenant colonel in the United States Army Reserves. And she has served active duty, I believe, in Iraq, if I'm not mistaken. Now, earlier this week, Victoria Newland, who is the undersecretary of state, longtime Obama crony, Biden crony, Dem crony, they all keep recirculating. You get the same, the same, basically what happens is the swamp keeps recirculating the same shit over and over. It's like a giant cesspool. It's like a giant sewage treatment plant. The shit, same shit comes in, they treat it, comes out, comes back in. It is just a continual shitstorm in the swamp. Victoria Nuland, when asked by Senator Marco Rubio, one of the Senate committees, about various things, important things going on in Ukraine, one of the things that he asked about, he said, you know, there are reports of, um, or he asked something or other about safety concerns, and Victoria Newland brought up, under oath, in front of the Senate committee, admitted that the State Department was concerned because there are a number of, biolabs that are engaged in dealing with highly dangerous pathogens and viruses, and I am sure bioweapons, saying that their priority was to try to secure those labs and destroy the pathogens. Marco Rubio's jaw had to be lifted up from the floor after hearing this. And you could see Victoria Nuland was very uncomfortable admitting this. I don't think she wanted to admit it, but she did. This is under oath. This is a high-ranked official at the State Department, one of the undersecretaries of state. This is coming from an American official. And there have been other news reports and other State Department reports. And as it turns out, when you look at the research, it shows that Obama, Barack Obama, was one of the instigators, if you will, to take those Soviet-era bio labs and secure them, but make sure that they still did research and still stayed around. It was under the Barack Obama administration. They should have destroyed everything at the time. They did not. Obama encouraged keeping them open. And they have been open. And so now we have this this admission from a senior State Department official under oath in front of the U.S. Senate. All these other reports are coming out. And Tulsi Gabbard on Twitter comes out with a short video stating that it is essential. These are dangerous labs. It is essential that the U.S., Secure these labs and that, or or the not necessarily the U.S., but the Ukrainians, whomever, secure these labs and destroy those dangerous pathogens. Twenty-three labs across Ukraine. Now, to me, that's common sense. That makes perfect sense. Tucker Carlson said the same thing. Perfect sense. Again, we have, here's the evidence, we have a senior State Department official admit, under oath, that this is what is going on. Number two, there's all these other reports that have come out, news reports and other official government documents that have shown that under the Obama administration, they did not destroy those labs. They kept them open. The evidence is there. So Tulsi Gabbard makes perfect common sense. We should get these and destroy them, or somebody should. We don't want these in Russian hands. And Putin came out after that, and said, we have already found these. We knew where these are, and here's exactly what they're doing. And they went to the UN, and they said, this is what's being done in these labs. Okay, whether they are or not, we don't know. We do know there are 23 biolabs. And if the U.S. wasn't concerned, Victoria Nuland would have stated that, saying, yep, yeah, there's nothing there. We're not worried about it. She didn't say that. She clearly stated, we are concerned, and we are trying to secure these labs and make sure nothing gets into the wrong hands. That is an admission. So what happens? Immediately, major backlash against Tulsi Gabbard, stating that she is spewing Vladimir Putin's talking points, that she's acting as a Russian agent. Haven't we heard this bullshit before? We heard it for four years during the Trump administration. Fiction created by Hillary Clinton, who by the way, slammed Tulsi Gabbard at one of the uh, debates after one of the debates saying that she was a I think I'm trying to remember uh when she was running for oh that's right she ran I think if I'm not mistaken against Hillary Clinton in the primary I'm I'm almost positive can't remember if it was 2016 or 2020 I think it was 2016 and of course what did Hillary Clinton do she's a Russian agent here's a woman that is serving in the United States Army in the military she's a Russian agent but People are stupid. And what happens? You have a large percentage, half of them, that says, oh, she's a Russian agent. And then you have these people in Congress. Adam Kinzinger says that Tulsi Gabbard is spewing Russian misinformation. And then on The View, by the way, talk about the dumbest broads in America. All you need to do is watch The View. Go from left to right. You can't miss them. They are all incredibly stupid. They have no common sense. Starting from left to right with Karen Johnson. Sergeant Steve, do you know who Karen Johnson is? I don't think I do. Oh, yeah, you do. She has culturally misappropriated a last name... That has Jewish roots. Karen Johnson. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. If I Whoopi saw her, Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Okay? Nothing Jewish about Whoopi Goldberg, I can tell you that. Karen Johnson's her real name. So let's say that Karen Johnson, and then we have another beauty. Joy Behar, who, by the way, Joy is such a deceiving name because all she does is spread misery. It should be Misery Behar. And then we have who could be amongst the dumbest broads on the planet. Not just the United States, on the planet. And that would be Anna Navarro. Now, her claim to fame is that she's from Nicaragua, immigrated to the United States, lives in Miami, and got involved in Republican politics with Governor Bush, Governor Jeb Bush, Jeb exclamation mark Bush. But he got fed up with her and couldn't stand her and got rid of her. But all of a sudden, she becomes a Republican strategist. And the next thing you know, she's on CNN. She's on ABC The View. Why? Because basically, she became anti-Trump. She turned on anything to do with America First or MAGA. When I tell you she looks like a manatee, That would be a disservice to the manatee. Manatees are far more attractive. And the only man that she can get is somebody with one foot in the grave, Al Cardenas, another uh, DC swamp rat attorney, was the head of the Republican Party in Florida, chairman of the Republican Party, big swamp rat, lobbyist, scumbag, total scumbag. And the only guy she could get is a guy that's got one foot in the grave that's like 88 years older than she is, true. This is what she had to say about Tulsi Gabbard's truthful statement
1: but I think that's an incredibly relevant question yeah. and I think DOJ in the same way that it is uh, setting up a task force to investigate oligarchs should look into people who are Russian propagandists and shilling for Putin that's being if you are a foreign asset uh, to a dictator mm-hmm. it should be investigated in fact I remember when Tulsi Gabbard mm-hmm. and I even hate that we're discussing it because I think to myself who is this woman she's a you know she's no longer in Congress she's a failed presidential candidate yeah. she only practically exists on Twitter and the fact that we're giving her oxygen is what makes her relevant, that we're talking about her on hot topics. But on the other hand, how do you not call out something that is repeating mm-hmm. false Russian propaganda well, that has been brought down? They used to arrest people for doing stuff like this. If they thought you were uh, colluding with a Russian agent. Uh, Whoopi,
0: excuse me, Karen Johnson? No. They would arrest people, if they were spies, spying on behalf of Russia, they wouldn't arrest people for having an opinion saying, hey, you know what? I like Putin. I hate Putin. I don't like the Russian people. I hate Borscht. I hate caviar. Or I love caviar. No, there's a huge difference between speaking what you would like to say, between a First Amendment right and being a Russian agent or a spy. They arrest Russian spies, rightfully so. But if you say the truth, or anything, if you would like to be a member of the Communist Party in this country, it is legal. If you want to be a member of the Nazi Party, it is legal. They're both vile in my estimation, but it is legal. If I came out to, to, uh, today, tomorrow, and say Vladimir Putin is the greatest leader this the world has ever seen, people may look at me like I've got 10 eyes. But under the United States Constitution, the First Amendment, you have the absolute right to say that. That's not misinformation. That's not disinformation. That is opinion. Now, when she goes on and says Russian propagandists, we should look into Russian propagandists shilling for Putin. She's not shilling for Putin. She is speaking the absolute truth that a senior State Department official admitted under oath in front of the Senate. How on earth do they conflate that with Tulsi Gabbard stating fact, and yet all of a sudden she's shilling for Putin? And then she's, who was this woman? I'll tell you who that woman is. Number one, she's an American citizen that has the right to her opinion. And by the way, her opinion is 100% correct in this case. Number two, who is Tulsi Gabbard? She serves to defend this country as a lieutenant colonel in the army. What the fuck have you done, Anna Navarro, except sitting and eating bonbons to extreme and stuffing your face with uh, plantains, plantanos? Not a damn thing. Nothing. The only only thing I can say about Anna Navarro is that number one, she's gotta be miserable married to a guy that's got one foot in a grave. Number two, she's got to be miserable because look at her. I mean, let's just face it. Number three, she opens her mouth, she gets even uglier. And number four, she's incredibly stupid. And that brings me back again to my point. Half of the world is stupid, including broads that are on television. End of discussion. And for Whoopi Goldberg to go on, excuse me, Karen Johnson, oh, they used to arrest people for doing stuff like this. If they thought you were colluding with the rush, well, there's a difference between being a spy and having an opinion or making a legitimate statement. I get a kick out of all these Democrats that say, oh, we have the right to peacefully protest. We have the right to our opinion. We have the right to our First Amendment uh, of speech. Yet, when anyone disagrees with them or has a differing viewpoint, they should be investigated. The DOJ should start an investigation. They should be arrested. We should shut them down. Isn't it amazing, the insecurity, and when you hear Democrats say that Republicans and Trump voters, Trump supporters, are a threat to democracy, translation, they're a threat to the Democrat Party, a failing party. All you need to do is look over the last year. What have the Democrats and Biden delivered to us? Massive inflation, huge gas prices, incredible crime. A border that's being flooded by criminals, by illegal aliens, that we have no idea who they are. We're just letting them in. And by the way, all these states, you need a Wuhan virus vaccination, but when they come in, nope, they're fine. Come right on in. Everything the Democrats and Biden has touched over the past year has turned to shit. That is fact. So the stupidity that we see from these people. And then we see Adam Kinzinger, another failed congressman, who, by the way, is not running because they've redistricted him him out, and he knows he'd get his ass kicked if he ran. He said that actual Russian propaganda is traitorous. Russia also said the Luger Center in Georgia was making zombies. Tulsi should go to Russia, Kinzinger wrote in a retweet of the video Gabbard published saying that there were 25 biolabs in Ukraine that are conducting research on dangerous pathogens. So he accuses her of spewing Russian misinformation. She is repeating exactly what a senior State Department official said. But now all of a sudden, if you admit, if you say, look, this is fact, whether Putin admitted it or not or stated at the UN, his his representative, it is the truth. So now all of a sudden, if you speak the truth, you are a Russian agent, you're, a, you're a, an agent for Putin, please. Stupidity runs rampant. It runs on the Democrat side, it runs on the Republican side. Adam Kinzinger, rhino, stupid. Here's another example. Madison Cawthorn, pro-Trumper, America Firster, stupid. Example, exhibit one. Now, he said some stupid things over the past year since he's been elected. But he had some interesting thing, uh, uh, items that he stated, that he said, when he was speaking to a crowd down in North Carolina. He was speaking to a town hall event where the congressman called Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky a thug leading an incredibly evil government. He said, and I quote here, remember that Zelensky is a thug. Remember that the Ukrainian government is incredibly corrupt and is incredibly evil and has been pushing woke ideologies. Huh? What? the hell did he get this bullshit from? Zelensky is a thug? Zelensky was elected to try to clean things up in Ukraine. Ukrainian government, corrupt. It had been corrupt. No ifs, ands, or buts. He's been trying to clean it up. And by the way, the previous president wanted to clean things up. And in fact, there was a federal prosecuting attorney that was cleaning things up. And you'll recall that Vice President Biden at the time, in a story that he recounted after he left office, after President Trump took office, saying, oh, I went to Ukraine, and they were going to investigate this guy, and I said, we got a billion dollars, and we're not going to release it until you're gone and you fire this guy. Why do they want to fire him? Because he was investigating Ukrainian corruption that was rampant. And it was rampant with Hunter Biden, which, by the way, the New York Times today admitted the laptop that he left in a Delaware repair shop is indeed legitimate. It is real. It isn't Russian propaganda. They have reviewed it. They've reviewed emails. Now, all of a sudden, a year and a half later, not a year and a half later, about a year later, they've woken up. During the election, leading up to the election, the month before, what did we hear? from the New York Times. Oh, the New York Post? That's that's Russian disinformation. That's Russian propaganda. That was planted by the Russians. But now all of a sudden, they've had an epiphany. And here we have Madison Cawthorn stating that Zelensky is a thug. The Ukrainian government is incredibly corrupt, incredibly evil, been pushing woke ideologies. Stupid. He's another stupid. Now, I understand people say, oh, he's great. He's Republican pro-Trump, great. There are plenty of other great pro-Trump candidates. This kid is a moron. He's a putz. He's a giant schmuck. No wonder his wife left him less than a year after they got married. I can't blame her. She probably woke up and said, this guy is incredibly stupid. I can't be with someone like this. Stupid. Early on, he was caught, I think they went to Europe, and he went to some area and took a picture with uh, some Nazi... something to do with Nazis or whatever, and almost glorified Nazis. Looks like an idiot. Here's his problem. He's not educated. You can be elected to Congress, but you don't necessarily have to be smart. We know that for a fact. Madison Cawthorn is not smart. He's not learned. He's not intellectual. He's not up to date on the world affairs. He is ignorant. Not a fan. I hope a Republican uh, primaries him. Don't think they will. But he ought to shut up because he is stupid. And stupidity does not have anything to do with political party, whether you're a male or female, your socioeconomic status, or your educational status. I guarantee you deal with stupid people every day. And you shake your head and say, how the hell are these people where they are? How the hell are these people running the company? How are these people? at the top of their profession. How are these people living in nice big homes and driving nice big cars? How? Stupidity is a rampant disease. Half the world is stupid. The good news is we're not in that half. We're in the half that are educated, that are wise, that possess incredible common sense and intelligence, and are smart enough to be able to analyze a situation And determine on our own, not listening to anyone else, not listening to The View, or not listening to Madison Cawthorn, or not listening to any person that possesses incredible stupidity. We make our own decision. We can analyze because we possess intelligence and smarts. And I pity the bastards that don't. The International. St. Patrick's Day, Cigar olitation and olabation Ceremony with Cigar o Dave comes your way next. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. What is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied, balanced smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andreas Maduro wrapper. Visit Gurkhasigars.com
1: with an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar lightation Maneuvers. o'
0: Dave, here in the fields of Ireland. We've got our little leprechaun, Mikko the Brit, somewhere over in Ireland right now. And I have to tell you that this morning I woke up And I showered with Irish spring, manly yes, but I like it too, and now I will have a cigar that has something to do with St. Patrick's Day with an Irish twist, and I'll have some Irish whiskey, and I'll have me my corned beef and cabbage and my bangers and mash, and I will celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Roses are red, violets are blue. Let's enjoy a cigar, because otherwise, you will turn blue my poetic... I am amazed at my my overwhelming poetic abilities. Said nobody, by the way. I have in front of me a very unique cigar. Comes out once a year. It comes from Alec O'Bradley. This is their Black Market Filthy Hooligan. They have their barber pole and a Black Market Filthy Hooligan Shamrock. But, limited editions. Comes out once a year. They release it about two, three weeks before St. Patrick's Day when they're gone. They are gone. One size. It is a 6x50 Toro. Now, let's see. I've got both. I've got the Filthy Hooligan Barber Pole and I have the Filthy Hooligan Shamrock. What do I want to smoke? Ah, I'll tell you what. I think I'm going to go with the Shamrock. Now, the Filthy Hooligan Barber Pole uses Nicaraguan Habano and Candela tobaccos. So you've got that light green and then you have the darker... Habano wrapper, but with the Alec Bradley Black Market Filthy Hooligan Shamrock, it uses three different wrappers in a barber pole type of style. A Nicaraguan Habano, a Nicaraguan Habano Maduro, and Candela. What is Candela? It's that green wrapper. The chlorophyll is retained in the wrapper. Candela was a very popular wrapper in the 70s, 80s, and then, of course, is the big cigar boom occurred in the mid-90s, we saw the really just the explosion of Connecticut wrapper, of Corojo wrappers, of Habano wrappers, very, very different. They don't have, Candela doesn't have a huge amount of taste, and American connoisseurs want more taste. So it uses a Nicaraguan Habano, which looks like almost a Colorado colored, a, a tan wrapper, We've got the the Nicaraguan Habano Maduro, which is that real dark Maduro, and Candela, which is green. So it is three wrappers that are rolled as a barber pole. 6x50 Toro, Ecuadorian Sumatra binder, fillers from Honduras and Panama. Suggested retail, $13.25 per cigar, limited to 1,500 boxes of $20. For cigars. So we're talking about 36,000 cigars. That's it. They're made at Tabacos de Orient in Danley, Honduras. Beautiful looking cigar and actually, I think the first time I saw these on the shelves, I would say was probably late February. I think they shipped maybe around February 20th somewhere in that neck of the woods. But if you find one of these very unique, I'm going to fire one up for St. Patrick's Day.
1: Cigar-altering and highly-sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine are ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus.
0: I have the Cigar Dave Research and Development Laboratories experimental prototype device. This is the Javelin. Why? Because the flame looks like a Javelin missile, which hopefully will kill many Soviets and hopefully... Maybe Vladimir Putin will get in the way and it will blow him off the face of the planet. That would be a good thing. Talk about the best celebratory cigar. I will dig into my humidor. I've got some very special cigars that are now aging, that are probably about 30, 32 years of age. I would gladly break open a box and celebrate the demise of Lady of Putput. So I
1: have got the Javelin. That's what I will use today. C- cigar cigar pre lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one.
0: Perfect cut of this Alec O'Bradley Black Market Filthy Hooligan Shamrock. I will now toast the foot of this unique looking cigar. Three wrappers in this barber pole. Not an easy cigar to make by any stretch of the imagination. Beautiful looking stick. Just nice, feels nice in the hand. Now, very bottom of the wrapper on this one is the candela. And then it goes into the into the maduro. So we will see how this shapes up here. Flavor will definitely change. Toasting the foot of the cigar, allowing heat to cause combustion. Don't put the flame into the foot of the cigar. All right, let's puff and rotate. Mm-hmm. mm hmm nice draw. Mm-hmm. Glow mm. Mm. on the foot of the cigar. Perfect. Perfect even amber glow. Cigar's properly lit. Now, candela is relatively bland. So the first few, maybe two minutes of this cigar, I'm going to get the flavor primarily from the binder and from the so I'm going to get some flavor from the Ecuadorian Sumatra binder and the Honduran and Panamanian fillers. But once I get into the Nicaraguan Habano and Nicaraguan Habano Maduro, I'm going to experience some very different taste complexion. More flavor. But This is nice. Medium bodied cigar. Very pleasant. A mm. little sweetness. Very balanced. Mm. Excellent. And now I need the proper Irish whiskey to accompany my Alec O'Bradley, Black Market Filthy Hooligan Shamrock.
1: Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers.
0: Now we have conducted many Irish whiskey tasting maneuvers on the Cigar Dave show over the years. Primary difference between Irish whiskey and Scotch whiskey is that Irish whiskey tends to be a little bit tamer, a little bit smoother. You don't get that peatiness. It is the way that primarily the grains are dried and also the distillation process. It is distilled multiple times, so it gets very, very smooth. Some of the big names are Jameson, Bushmills. I mean, the Bushmills, Red Bush or the Black Bush, very, I mean, who doesn't like Red Bush or Black Bush? From Bushmills, excellent. But well, I've got the Tullamore Dew, a brand that has come on big time, big, big, big. They've got an incredible portfolio uh, within the Tullamore Du lineup. And I've got the Tullamore Dew 12. Now this is not distilled once. It is not distilled twice. It is distilled three times. So what's going to happen? It's going to be incredibly smooth. So let me open up this bottle. Now they've repackaged, about two, three years ago, they completely, maybe two years ago, repackaged all their bottles. Very nice look, very elegant. Let me pour a little bit of this. Very nice. Triple distillation process. Guarantees the ultimate smoothness. Aging of the Toulamordu is 12 years in Oloroso Sherry and Old Bourbon casks. So you get a very unique flavor between the two types of casks that it is aged in. About 55 to 60 bucks for a 750 uh, milliliter bottle. Let's say, cheers. Mm. First up on the nose, massive amounts of pear. Wow. I mean, it is just screaming pear on the nose. Take another sip here. Mm. A lot of flavor. This is full. Very well-rounded. I'm getting a little bit of maltiness. A little bit of a sweet-spicy overlay. Definitely notes from the bourbon casks. There's no doubt about it. Because of the way this 12-year-old is aged in the cask, the cask finishing, you definitely get a little bit of bourbon. There is no doubt about it. Let me just take another sip here. Mm. Now they've got their original Irish whiskey you can't go wrong with. They've got the 12, which I've got now. They've got an 18. I'll tell you which one I really enjoy. Their Exo Caribbean Rum Cask Finish. Triple blend Irish whiskey finished in first fill Exo Rum Cask. So you definitely get a different type of flavor complexion on that. Either, any of the Tula Mordus, you cannot go wrong with, even if you go with their basic Tula Mordus, their original Irish whiskey, you will not go wrong. It is very, very smooth, cannot go wrong. Let me take another sip here. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Mm, take a puff. Let me give you a perfect libation Concoction for St. Patty's Day, a Tuli and tonic, or any Irish whiskey and tonic. It's simple. It's very refreshing. You get nice fruit. You cannot go wrong with it. It's very easy to make. You take a shot of Tullamore Dew or any of any of your favorite Irish whiskies. You take then basically. Let's do it this way. One shot of Tullamore Dew or Irish whiskey three shots of tonic water you take a freshly cut orange wedge you pour everything in put in some ice and then fill the make sure you got loads of ice after once you put the the Irish whiskey the tonic the orange basically you want to make sure you fill the rest with ice right to the top Mix it with a bar spoon or a regular spoon, and you are good to go. It is a very cool, refreshing St. Patrick's Day cocktail. The only thing missing right now is some corned beef and cabbage and some bangers and mash. i am cut out the carbs, so I'll have the corned beef and I'll have the bangers. No mash. Maybe a little bit of of, uh, cabbage. Not a big cabbage fan, actually, except in coleslaw. But maybe just a little bit of a taste to properly celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And wherever you are, we wish you a very happy St. Patrick's Day because today, everybody is Irish as we enjoy St. Patrick's Day on The Cigar Dave Show. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying, He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage available at DavidoffGeneva.com number three on our list today we have got a cigar that is being launched by Camacho known for their bold and full-flavored rich cigars now last year they introduced the Camacho Factory Unleashed very unique cigar unique presentation where they have these giant wood bins that are filled with 100 cigars and then they offer also a 10 count a bundle of 10 that actually looks like it is not looks like it is wrapped in a very nice uh, paper an elegant paper and then it's got the factory unleashed sticker upon it this year they are unleashing the Camacho factory unleashed 2 and they will be released over the next couple of weeks some differences between last year's blend and this year's blend. One thing that hasn't changed, it's going to be a 6x50 Toro with a shaggy foot, meaning the last half inch is not covered with cigar wrapper. It's an unfinished uh, 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 shaggy foot, very unique, very cool way to light the cigar, unique ver- a taste complexion. And what's very unique is the fact that once you light that cigar for the first half inch, there is no wrapper. So you will get what the binder and filler tastes like, and then a half inch later, when the wrapper kicks in, you really can see the difference, how much flavor the wrapper delivers to your palate. So, 6x50 Toro, Camacho Factory Unleashed, only 125,000 cigars, that is it. So here's the difference. This year, the blend will use an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper over a Nicaraguan binder, and Corojo fillers from Honduras and the Dominican Republic, totally different blend than the 2021 release. Also the price a little bit higher, $8 suggested retail price per cigar. Last year really enjoyed it. I would say this year the cigar with that Connecticut wrapper could offer a little bit of sweetness, but you're going to have that nice Corojo from Honduras and the Dominican, so I have a feeling this is going to be a medium plus cigar. Lana Frazier, who's the director of marketing for Davidoff, when I spoke to her, told me that with anything they do with Camacho, the mighty Corojo cigar tobacco is always a core component. It's their badge of boldness. And she said the shaggy foot symbolizes the fearless character of the Camacho factory to always push the boundaries even further. And when I asked her about the the aroma and flavor because she said there is there is a ample amount an ample amount of samples being sent my way and we will feature it on an upcoming Litation ceremony but she said the aroma the flavor really will hit Camacho cigar fans uh, just perfectly and the one thing about Camacho they've done a magnificent job really positioning the brand with a lot of flavor it's not a harsh cigar none of the blends are harsh but just lots of flavor strength a unique character. Whether it's an Ecuadorian, you get the, the Camacho Ecuador or the Camacho Connecticut. Even the Camacho Connecticut's mild but very flavorful. So all their cigars very flavorful, very balanced, very smooth. You cannot go wrong. So here's how it's going to be sold. The Camacho factory unleashed. Basically most stores, retail stores, will receive a crate of 100 cigars. There are just 100 crates. And then they will sell refills Uh, so that as the retailer draws them down, they will be able to refill those. So only 100 retailers will have those. E-commerce catalog uh, retailers will sell the cigars in bundles of 10, and there are 2,500 bundles of 10. And that's the one that comes in just very uh, plain, almost a brown wrapper, bundles of 10. Very nice. To me, you don't need the box. This is a very elegant way, in my estimation, to present the cigar. One size, that's it. The cigars will ship to stores probably, I would say, sometime in April. Let's say mid-April is what uh, initially Lana thought they would probably be around late March or April. Now they're saying it's probably going to be mid-April. So anywhere between the 15th to about the 25th, we could see the Camacho factory unleashed Two. cannot wait to get to that cigar again eight bucks nice cigar can't go wrong give that a try add that to your portfolio and if you smoke it and you enjoy it you better stock up because when they're gone they're gone 125,000 total that's it when they're gone they're gone now lastly we have told you about the enemies of pleasure they are everywhere we've stated to you on numerous occasions that you let a cockroach in the door you let a cockroach in the door one cockroach the next thing you know you're gonna have a hundred cockroaches then a thousand cockroaches the key is don't let them in the door And we have seen that the enemies of pleasure pleasure police have done a magnificent job of getting their foot in the door we saw it in California 20 years ago they enacted indoor smoking bans can't smoke inside a restaurant or a building and everyone said, oh, that's fine. That won't be a problem. You can still smoke outside. You can still smoke at your cigar wreath. Don't worry about it. And I stated at the time, we better be worried about it. Because you let a cockroach in the door, they're going to multiply. Incrementalism. They're never satisfied with one change. They want more and more and more. Over the last 20 years, we have seen how that has changed. 20 years ago, it was we just want smoking prohibited in restaurants and bars and indoor buildings. So what did restaurants do? In California, in New York, and other states, they spent and invested in building outdoor patios. Covered patios, but they were outdoors. And they told people we allow cigar smoking out here on the patio. Nobody complained, everybody was fine with it. They knew that. If you want to sit outside, we allow cigars. Okay, fine, no problem, it's outside. So they invest all this money restaurants across the, the, the country because we saw more and more states add the restaurant and bar smoking provisions, no nope, uh, smoking ban provisions. And then about four years later, five years later, the enemies of pleasure came back because they got their foot in the door and they said it's worked so well indoors for restaurants and bars and buildings. Now we need to eliminate smoking in outdoor patios because people are complaining they want to sit outside and eat their dinner without any smoke coming around them. Never mind that these were outside. People were were told, I remember going to numerous restaurants in California, That big sign before you went on the patio, smoking allowed. If you do not wish to be exposed to smoke, please request a table indoors. And I can't tell you the number of times where people will get seated, they would see the sign, and i would hear them we'd be smoking cigars i'd be with friends in california and sure enough you'd see somebody at one of the other tables saying excuse me can you put those out it's really bothering us and my answer was i'm sorry that's bothering you but c- cigar smoking is permitted here that's why we're eating outside not inside and then of course they'd complain to the waiter and the manager and the manager would always say we have a clear sign as you come in it states it very clearly and He said, our policy is all of our hosts and hostesses tell every single party that requests a table outside that smoking is permitted on the patio. So they knew, but yet people complained anyway. And they ended up staying there, ate their dinner, and that was that. And then the pleasure police said, we need to now enact outdoor smoking bans." Smoking ban outdoor was enacted. All these restaurants that spend thousands and up to hundreds of thousands of dollars investment out the door. And then the enemies of pleasure said, you know, it works so well in outdoor patios. Let's extend it to public property, sidewalks and public parks and golf courses and beaches. And so we saw further expansion. And then we saw in this country that 18 all of a sudden was no longer an acceptable age for adults to decide whether or not they would like to enjoy a cigar. You can vote at 18, you can serve and partake in the military, you can die for your country at 18, you can lose limb when you're 18, but you cannot smoke a cigar now when you're 18. Between states enacting, there were maybe three states that had either 19 or 21-year-old Smoking ages. And then the FDA came in and said, let's just raise it. And they raised it. Now it's 21. But yet these are the same people that are saying that people are not, adults are not intelligent enough to make up their own decisions whether or not they should smoke a cigar at 18. So therefore we need to raise it to 21. However, they are smart enough to vote at 16. You see these Dems and Libs all over the place. Oh, we need to lower the voting age to 16 because people are skid- they're smart enough to make up their own minds. But wait a minute. They're smart enough to vote on who should be our president or who their senator or congressman should be or who their mayor should be, but they're not smart enough to decide whether or not they'd like to consume a cigar or even a cocktail for that matter. Massive hypocrisy. And then we saw some countries, New Zealand propose that anybody born after a certain date would not be allowed to purchase tobacco at all because they wanted to essentially eliminate the product. Now, notice they never go after alcohol. The last time I looked, I didn't see anybody getting ticketed for puffing uh, while driving. I didn't see anybody causing an accident because they were puffing on a cigar while they're driving. We all know that people drinking has caused many accidents and many lives to be lost. But they never go after booze, they always go after cigars or other tobacco products. It is now spreading, and I said at the time, this is about a year, year and a half ago, I said, be wary, because one country proposes it and the next thing you know, all these other countries will say, that's a wonderful idea, we'll just prohibit it. But if you are above the age of 18 right now, you or 21, you can still smoke, However, if you're born after this particular year, sorry, you'll never be able to purchase a cigar or a pipe or anything for that matter. I don't smoke cigarettes, never have. I don't vape, never have no interest. I love cigars. I enjoy cigars in moderation, as you do, as cigar connoisseurs do. I don't want to be told. I don't want anybody telling me. I don't want to tell others how to live their lives. But now we've got several other countries that are considering banning, tobacco sales, including cigars, to anyone born after a certain year. Denmark is now considering a proposal to ban tobacco sales to anyone born after 2010. So right now, you're born in 2010, you're 12. 11 or 12 years old. You would not be able, when you turn 18 or 21, to purchase a cigar. This is the draconian laws that these countries would like to legislate. The Minister of Health for Denmark, Magnus Hunicki, said the country could ban the sale of tobacco and nicotine products to anyone born after 2010, saying, our hope is that all people born in 2010 and later will never start smoking or using nicotine-based products. Well, we could use that example on many other products. How about alcohol? How about meat? How about steak? And believe me, if you think I'm kidding about the banning of meat, steak, burgers, mark my words. We will see the vegans, we will see PETA create some nonsensical argument that we should ban the sale of meat because it is, takes up more, uses more natural resources and it adds to climate change, which is all bullshit. But they will use any excuse because they don't want you to eat meat. They think nobody should eat meat. They don't want to eat meat, fine. I have plenty of people that are vegans and vegetarians. I don't make fun of them for that. But by the same token, I don't want them telling me what I can and cannot eat. So mark my words. That is the next thing coming. I told you they go after sodas. They are. They're going after sugar. By the way, I don't drink sugary products. I don't like them. I wouldn't drink that stuff. You look at the amount of sugar. Sugar, evil. However, I'm not going to tell somebody else to buy it or not. But this is exactly what governments want to do. Now, I told you about New Zealand. New Zealand, they were the first to come out with this, saying, oh, we should definitely do this. But New Zealand wanted to ban anybody born after 2007. Now, New Zealand's plan is moving along, even though it is not an actual law. But New Zealand basically would mean, if they modeled it after New Zealand, you would not be allowed to purchase any tobacco product if you were born after 2010. And now we see the UK. Their Department of Health and Social Care commissioned two independent reviews of its tobacco policy and its plans for a smoke-free 2030, which is a target of 5% smoking prevalence or less in England. Now whenever they say they're going to commission these studies, how do you think these studies are going to come out? When they go ahead and they commission the study, they pay for the study, do you think they pay for a study for it to come out against what their ultimate goal is? Hell no. You know where the study's gonna come out. It's gonna say, oh, everything should be banned, it's terrible, it's, it's we saw it last week with the Nasim report, premium cigars, but yet, The ultimate finding of that NASEM report, the National Academy of Science, Engineering, Medicine, came out saying, well, we need more more research to be conducted about premium cigars. And basically, they admitted premium cigars are smoked in moderation, differently. We can't make a decision in terms of, of the health dangers. Yes, they could. There's loads of studies that are available. There are 32 studies plus that are available. We know cigars in moderation are fine. In fact, the tr- proof is in the pudding. Go, go apply for life insurance. And if you smoke cigars, in many cases, cigars are, are rated as the same as being a non-smoker. Now some, no matter what, they will say, oh, you smoke anything. Even one cigar, we're gonna, we're gonna increase your rates. That's a little game they play. But there are plenty of life insurance companies that say, hey, you smoke in moderation? Yep, okay, no problem. We don't see any difference in terms of life expectancy with cigar connoisseurs in moderation and the entire population as a whole. So what we're seeing now is a the next wave. The next, you know, we had smoking ban, version 1.0, then we had version 2.0 with the, with the outdoor bans, then we had version 3.0, can't smoke on sidewalks and parks on beaches. Now we're seeing version 4.0, which is, if you are born after a certain year, you will never be allowed to purchase a cigar. Where in the hell do these small number of people, these bureaucrats, get to decide how we want to live our lives? It's the same thing with the climate change bullshit. Climate change is all fabricated. They're saying, oh, we've got a target. We want to reduce the planet, the the cooling of the planet or warming to less than one degree Celsius by 2045. This world has had climate change going back to the world's formation. I grew up in Buffalo. I used to go to Niagara Falls all the time, 15 minutes from where I lived. How do you think Niagara Falls was formed? Niagara Falls was formed by climate change. We had glaciers at one time. We had the way that the Earth was all buried underwater. Climate change, it's natural. Niagara Falls is actually eroding every year, or every 10 years it erodes like, I don't know, two tenths of an inch or something, or half an inch. That's nature. You're not going to change that. And as I said, all you need to do is look at the great Barack Hussein Obama, the president that would go around the country saying, climate change, you've got to do something about it. And, And when he'd go to New York or Miami or LA or any coastal city, he'd say, the, the, the tides are going to rise. The waters are rising with climate change. We don't do anything about it. All these cities will be underwater. He is so concerned about climate change that a year ago he spent $13 million on a massive estate on Martha's Vineyard on the water at sea level. Now, if he's dropping 13 M large on an estate at sea level and he's not worried, neither should you. Climate change is nothing more than a wealth transfer scheme, and climate change is being used the exact same way that these smoking bans are being used. Control. It is all about controlling. They don't want you driving a carbon fuel car, so they'll tell you, for climate change, you gotta drive an electric car. Never mind that the batteries are a disaster. They don't know where to put the batteries in landfills. They're dangerous. Never mind that, how do you charge the cars? Oh, you need power plants. Natural gas—it's always a scheme, and it is about time that we stand up to these schemes and say enough. Let us live our lives. Stop uh, uh, saying that every time you look around. Oh, we got ten years—the Earth's going to be underwater. The Earth's going to be is going to be destroyed. We hear this every decade. Forty years ago, fifty years ago, they were saying it. Here's the ultimate. Reply I give to people when they say, Oh, cigars are terrible. You shouldn't smoke cigars. I say, Well, number one, I smoke cigars in moderation. I say, Do you drink wine? Oh, love wine. How many glasses do you drink? Oh, you know, usually, uh, you know, two, three times a week, I'll enjoy maybe two, three glasses. I'll say, Oh, do you know or realize that wine is a carcinogen? What are you talking about? No, oh, no, no, it's not. It's a, I enjoy it. It's good for your heart. I said, Yes, one glass is good. Two and three, not so much. When you change and give them fact, then all of a sudden they change their tune everything in moderation and what we're seeing now is a proliferation of bureaucrats and nanny state nincompoops that would uh, do desire to tell you how to live your life because they believe that they are smarter than you and I they believe they're wiser they believe they have the authority to dictate how you should live your life and my answer to that is hell to the no. Again We as cigar connoisseurs, as alpha males, are far smarter than any bureaucrat anywhere on the planet. We use common sense. We enjoy cigars in moderation. Don't tell us what to do. Don't tell us how to live. And certainly, don't take the right of unborn children to enjoy one of life's great pleasures that has been around on the globe for 500 years being enjoyed. Stay away from my cigar. Stay away from my spirits and stay the hell away from my stake. No enemies of pleasure are welcome or allowed in my world. We hope you have a fantastic St. Patrick's Day. Don't forget, follow us on social media, Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. Get her at Cigar Dave. Facebook, Cigar Dave. Instagram, Cigar Dave. And if you want to send me an email, Cigar Dave at Cigar Dave or reach out by any of the social media platforms. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Huber, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper delectatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw Vladimir Putin and the Soviet Union. Erin go puff, Erin go brow. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy yourselves, my fellow Alphas. Live it up! (laughs) Bye-bye!